Welcome to another bonus podcast. My name is Thalia. I'm one of the pastors on staff at Northview. And Crystal is away this weekend, this week. Sorry, I should say that. She's on holidays. And so I have two of my coworkers with me. I have Paul and Carla Siemens. So hey. Paul, introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah, I was on here a few weeks ago. I am uh, one of the pastors here, teaching associate pastor, and I also work in the care department. So good to be back. Yep. And? I'm Carla. I'm Pastor Crystal's assistant, and I'm happy to be here, too. And so, my wife. And your wife. <laughs> yes. No. So what is this like with Crystal away? What's all happening on your side of the desk? Oh, I'm just humming along, holding down the desk. We just started women's ministry. Yes. Our spring session just started yesterday. Yes. Mm. Lots of excitement. What book and the, are you in? Well, it's the, it's the TLC. So we've got First Peter. We've got Digging Deeper. We've got oh, Discipling in Today's Culture. And we have the Thinking Series. So if you so. don't know what TLC is, that's our Theology, Life, and Culture. And we do it in women's ministry one session a year where we give people an option of which course to take. Mm-hmm. And so women came yesterday and they were all confused and upset. <laughs> oh, my goodness, which course do I choose? I don't know what to choose. So Crystal didn't see that, but that's okay. No, it's all good. It all worked out. I looked at the registration and it's well balanced between the four classes. Good. Sweet. So so we are following along the sermon series. We're doing the Modern Family Sermon Series and we are following along Mm -hmm. with our podcast to follow up on what was preached this past weekend. So this past weekend, we had a sermon on parenting. At the Abbotsford campus, Matt Glezo spoke. He is our pastor, our campus pastor for the Tri-City Church, which is in Port Coquitlam. And so our Abbotsford campus had a chance to hear him for the first time. And Paul, you spoke in mission. Yep. So Paul, why don't you give us a little bit of an outline, a taste of what you did, and we'll also, if you can outline the um, passages that Matt used. And then we would encourage people to go and listen online, and we're just going to follow up a little bit of a junk drawer today on parenting issues. Sure. Yeah. So Matt's sermon here in Abbotsford was, um, well, the the text we were given to preach on was Colossians 3.21, but Matt actually spent most of the time in Hebrews 12. So So is um, he going to get in trouble for that? No, I'm sure. I'm sure. It was a great sermon, honestly. I listened to it, even though I was preaching over in mission, I listened Mm -hmm. to his sermon on Monday and I thought he did a fantastic job um, preaching out of Hebrews 12. Uh, and he was in verses 5 through 11, and which is also, which is actually a quote. Well, the first part of it, at least, is a quote from Proverbs 3, verses 11 and 12, which says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. And so that was, so Matt's sermon focused uh substantially on discipline mm-hmm. and what it's like to discipline and to be disciplined and how the Lord loves those whom he disciplines yeah. and therefore discipline is a good thing. Yeah. And for us as parents to discipline our children is a good thing, uh, not something to be avoided. We aren't called to just be their buddies. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is kind of the modern, um, a, lot of, a lot of people these days think that, well, you know, I just have to give my kids what they want, let them do what they want and be their friend and be their pal. Yeah. Boy, we were even, even when we were in Miami last week mm-hmm. we were for spring break, and we we're I turned on the radio and I'm listening to this music station. Right, we're heading yes. over the bridge into South Beach, which is a crazy spot at spring break. Uh, but we wanted to see it, and it was nuts. But anyway, we went over there, and as we're heading in, we're listening to this radio station, and a guy comes on and says, "If your teens have started dating, here are some tips as for you as parents to help these teens." Don't get involved in the drama. 
<laughs> don't get in between them. Really? Oh, yeah. Kind of, you know, don't just be there to encourage them and basically let them do anything they want. Right. Yeah. And it was like, oh, oh boy. my goodness. Oh, boy. For me as a as a dad and as a pastor, I just I was like, no wonder our world's crazy if this is this kind of stuff they're hearing on the radio and on TV. And remind through. us quickly, how old are your kids? We have oh, our baby's gonna be our our oldest is gonna be sixteen on Sunday. Oh, oh learner's yeah. license around oh, the corner. Yeah. Monday morning, she's wow. planning. Yeah, and then we have fourteen and eleven and nine. Okay, so you have the elementary to high school spectrum. Yep. Hmm. You bet. And I have first year university and grade 12, almost graduated. Man, oh man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're not going to talk so much about our parenting because that's no. only two family stories. Mm-hmm. We're going to yeah. talk about parenting in general. And I interrupted yeah. you, Paul. You're going to tell us about no. And your... then my sermon over in mission was um, the main point of my sermon was that the heart of parenting is parenting the heart. Mm-hmm. That was the mm-hmm. phrase I wanted people to remember. So I repeated that a few times. And, yeah. and basically... The idea behind it is that uh, there's a, a lot that goes on in uh, psychology or uh, if you were to listen to Dr. Phil or whatever, it's all about getting your kids to behave the right way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all about wanting to make sure that your kids kind of do you proud in how they act yeah. when you go yeah. out in public with them or, all or the whatever. All the externals. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And, and our goal as Christian parents, though, is not just to have them behaving well, but Mm -hmm. actually to have them worshiping Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right from the inside out. We want their hearts to be soft and changed towards Christ. Exactly. Yeah. And so that, that was kind of the focus of mine. And, uh, I focus, I stayed on Colossians 3, 21 and looked at, uh, which, and the verse is fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. So I looked at, um, three ways we provoke and then one way to provide. Okay. And that way to provide is by allowing the gospel to guide your parenting. Okay. Um, so, yeah, lots of repentance, even on our behalf as parents, when we when we sin against our kids, when we do something that we shouldn't have done, when we act out in anger, when we don't follow through on things the way we should, what it, things like these. We need to actually go to our kids and say, you know, Bobby, Susie. Will you forgive me for what I've done? I know. And uh, and teaching them what it looks like to what repentance looks like. Mm-hmm. We have some questions from listeners, but before we get into that, uh, when I was listening to the sermon on parenting, I was thinking, ah, there are those listening to this podcast that have had awful parents, mm-hmm. crappy parents, if you would be a little bit honest, right? And so those of you listening who have been in that circumstance, the three of us here are very sorry. Like that is an awful circumstance. We are so sorry. Mm-hmm. And then there are so many people listening who have decent parents that have had awful moments, which would be us as well. I've had awful (laughs) moments of Mm -hmm. parenting where I am the awful parent. And so that's kind of normal. Let's talk just briefly about what do we do when we have awful parents? How do, what does forgiveness look like in that kind of a situation? Because as Christians, we're called to forgive. It's not an option. It's a command. In Matthew 6, it's clear we have to forgive others. So Mm -hmm. what do we do when the people to forgive are those awful parents? Mm. Well, I think as we're living out our, our Christian lives, um, we're, we're going through a process of being sanctified. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing in our hearts. And so this is something that might, it's, it doesn't come naturally. 
mm-hmm. because our hearts are sinful. And uh, Jeremiah 17 says, uh, hearts are sinful and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? And our hearts show that um, in our in our lives as we go forward, as we're trying to live. Uh, even when people sin against us, we can respond sinfully. Yeah. And unfortunately, that is the reality that we live in right now. And that even happens in the home and parents sin against children. And some of us, like you've been saying, have lived, some of us have come from homes where the parents have sinned against us. So as Christians, it is, it is a command, yes, to forgive them. And so what does that look like? Well, praying for them. Mm-hmm. You know, if your relationship is still... Um, uh, damaged because of that, then start just by praying for them. Start by praying and asking the Lord to soften your heart towards them. Start by asking uh, the yeah to to praying to the Lord for the ability to forgive. Like you know, um, even um, when that one the uh, who was it. Uh, in the Gospels, I'm just thinking of the guy who I think he had his son who was um, who was demon possessed, and he came to Jesus, and oh, yeah. and Jesus said, "Oh, uh, you know, oh, you have a uh, little faith, or something along those lines." And he said, "Yes, I have little faith, but Lord, help me to believe." Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So we can ask the Lord to help us to believe. We can ask Him to help us to forgive. We can ask Him to mm-hmm. Give us hearts that are able to do these things. So I think that's and a that's key part thing of there. our yeah, and that's part of our sanctification process. So you have to explain what sanctification is in case somebody listening has no idea. Sure. So yeah, it's a big <laughs> theological word, and we've got a few of these. Our our process as a Christian is uh, justification, sanctification, and then glorification. Ooh. Yeah, glorification <laughs> sounds fun, um, and it is. But justification is so is when you're saved. So that's when the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and turns your heart of stone to a heart of flesh, as Ezekiel says. And you go from not wanting the things of God, not desiring the things of God, to actually desiring those things and desiring to follow Him and worship Him. And then sanctification is the process that we go through after we're justified. And it's the process of becoming more Christ-like in our lives. And that's also the work of the Spirit in our lives and Him leading us to repent and leading us to worship Him more and more. And so as you grow in your faith, and there will be ups and downs, and that's all of the process of sanctification. And then glorification is in the end, when Christ mm-hmm. either returns or calls you home, and you are glorified in heaven forever with Him, new heavens, new earth, new body, no more death, no more sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's so big part of theological this, stuff there for yeah. a minute. <laughs> so part of this process of being sanctified, like you said, becoming more like Christ, is that we have to obediently forgive others. Mm-hmm. And we know that that can take a lot of time. Like that's an emotional process that can take a lot of time. But it's not the same as reconciliation. Yeah, exactly. So if you have awful parents and they've maybe been abusive or they're active in their addiction or there's something going on where they've been mm-hmm. neglectful, you may only be praying for them, which is amazing, 
you may not actually be able to be in a relationship where you go for coffee or go there for lunch or stay overnight or anything like that. You may simply text them now and then say, I love you and I'm praying for you. You may drop off a care package or some cookies. You might send flowers if it's their birthday, but that might be the extent of your relationship. You may not actually be in a friendship and that's okay. Mm -hmm. We need to be kind and polite and compassionate. We need to reach out with little bridges of relationship, but it might not be something yet. Mm-hmm. We're hoping, though, that if they change and come to their senses, if they become Christians, that we can build on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, the Bible also commands us honor your father and mother. And I yeah. think for some parents, that is that's as far as you can go. But that's still honoring them. Yeah. 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 OK, Carla, you have some questions. Why don't you read sure us one do. and let's go for it. OK, this was from somebody who was listening to Pastor Matt preach. And so question number one is, Matt said it is much easier to enforce your discipline when the children are three than when they are 15. Let's say you're just realizing now when they are 15 that you are wrong and need to enforce this. How do you go about it, especially if they've grown bitter towards you because they see the hypocritical Christian living or unrepentant sin? Yeah. So if we come to our senses and realize, oh my goodness, I have been an awful parent, either in moments or lots of moments, mm. we need to stop. Yes. Yep. Please stop. Mm-hmm. We need to, first of all, apologize to God. We need to confess our sins to him. And we need to fall on our knees before him and say, oh Lord, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And we need to apologize to our kids and mm-hmm. say, I'm so sorry for whatever it is you've done or continued to do. Mm-hmm. And then we need to live differently. Like repentance means to actually stop and then go forward with Christ, like go forward behaving differently. Mm -hmm. And that might mean reading some books, articles, blogs, getting some Christian friends around you, starting to walk forward differently with your kids and keep walking forward because they're going to, you know, watch you for a while. They're going to be like, I don't really think my mom and dad have changed. I don't think so. And you'll mess up. Uh huh. So then you get another chance to show repentance. Over and and over again. I'm so sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry, Billy, Susie, whoever, and keep walking forward. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you have have teenage kids that have seen you being a hypocrite uh, in your life, then stop being a hypocrite. Yes, totally. show Show them how Christ is actually changing your heart now. Yes. That's where you name it and claim it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Sure. I'm a sinner. I messed up. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm going to do my best to do better with the Lord's help. It yeah. might be mm-hmm. daily, multiple times a yes. day. Oh. You have to see what a little thing that you've done and apologize for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Our families would be really different if we did that. Yeah. If we all did oh, it. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Pride gets in the way. Yeah. Right. And we think that just because we're the parents, oh, I have to show that I'm the one in authority and I have to show that I'm the boss and bosses need to be strong. And Uh and it's like, actually, Christ, when he calls us to love one another, he calls us to a life of humility. I know. Mm -hmm. That's really mm -hmm. awful. (laughs) Okay. Next question. Okay. Um, I'm going to go down here. What is the biblical standpoint on physical discipline? Mm-hmm. I was raised getting spankings or physical, physical discipline. Have not thought about it too much recently, but always imagined growing up that I would definitely physically discipline my children if necessary. Uh, is that is this okay? Okay, let me add. I'll start and then Paul, you add in. So physical discipline is not necessarily right It's not necessarily wrong. It depends so much on how you discipline, when you discipline, the circumstances around that. Mm -hmm. So, Paul, you had some other thoughts on that. Yeah. So um, the the Bible does talk about physical discipline of your children. 
mm-hmm. and how it is something that we should do. So that that doesn't mean in all circumstances necessarily. Or with all children. Mm-hmm. Because right. not all kids respond to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where it says, you know, it says spare the rod, spoil the child, right? Like that, that is talking about physical discipline mm-hmm. in that situation. And people have tried to t- say that that means other things, but it doesn't. It actually, that is what it means. So, um, for, so when we are, when you do discipline your children, it's like, okay, how, what times do you reserve that for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we think about what, what the, the, I mean, the greatest sin that, that we've ever committed against God is disobedience. And that happened in mm-hmm. the garden. And they were, they were met with discipline. And they were uh, – and so for, for us to do the same thing would be appropriate. So when, we, when children disobey against us, mm-hmm. when you have given them a direct command as their parent for, in something that is going to – be good for them, whether spiritually or physically, right? You want to discipline them. And and so in those situations where they're disobeying, then bringing out, you know, the spank is probably a uh, appropriate thing. But you you had some... Well, I was just going to jump in. I agree. I'm not against spanking, but um, obviously within limitations and those poor first children. Yeah. I, I've apologized to our firstborn so many yeah. times because you you come on strong and you spank them for or discipline them for yeah. every little thing. And you finally realize, oh, that's total overkill. Yeah. Um, and actually, in the case of our oldest, I realized that being separated from us, from the family, like that social disconnect, it just that was the worst discipline for her. So, I mean, praise God, that's actually fairly easy. A timeout was just killer. So, yeah. mm. um, so that would be what we would do. We Let would me give jump her in a sec. Yeah. yeah. To add to that. Yeah. So yeah. Matt uh, Glezos on the weekend talked about how discipline, if you're going to discipline, should have a bit of a bite or a sting. It's right. not necessarily physical discipline, but exactly. something that makes them wake up and say, oh, I won't do that again. Mm-hmm. So for some kids, it is a physical, like if a kid is reaching towards a, a hot fireplace, exactly. Exactly. You might slap their hand yeah. and it stings because yep. you don't want them to get further burned. Like yes. you don't want right. further damage. Yep. If they run out into the road and you grab their arm to pull them back, yes, it might leave a little bit of a bruise and you firmly say no and you give them a swat on their bum. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a sting because you don't want them to be run over by a car. Exactly. But for some kids, it might be you might charge them some money mm. or you might take away some screen time or television television privilege or friendship privilege or something. Yeah. Um, sometimes kids don't respond to any of that and you have to actually just simply hold them until they calm down and talk Mm. with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so much about getting to know our individual kids. You have four. That's four different personalities, four different responses. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I think too, the the best advice I was ever given is to be consistent. So Mm -hmm. once your kids know their boundaries, are they going to push them? Absolutely. It's in our nature to push the boundaries, but they really are asking you to hold those boundaries. And so um, Paul and I learned the hard way, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to give a consequence or a threat or however you want to word that, um, you have to follow through. And when I say we learned the hard way, 
I forget what it was, but we said, if you guys don't smarten up, we're not going to fill in the blanks. And they didn't smarten up. And we all suffered that night because we were like, all right, you guys, you you know, this is our consequence. And all, all six of us, I think, at that time are going to suffer the consequences. Yeah. But you have to be consistent um, because all of a sudden, if you whip out the spank and your kids have, no, have never seen that coming, that's not really going to discipline their hearts. That's no. going to just throw them off right. base. No, it's good to have some warnings. Yeah, yeah, and to not do it, not ever do it uh, out of anger. Like if you're totally. furious, if you're furious about something, give yourself a timeout. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like go and pray and count yes. to ten and go do to all a these things. Bathroom and yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do not do not act um, in any form of discipline towards your children out of anger. No, because we're not advocating abuse in any way. Mm -mm. Verbal, emotional, physical, nothing. It has to be for the best of your child in a way that will lead them to not do something that will cause further harm to them. So there's a a book called Mm -hmm. Shepherding a Child's Heart, which if you had your babies dedicated here in the last, I don't, few years at least, I'm not sure. Um, you were probably given this book, and it's by a gentleman named Ted Tripp, who's a pastor and counselor. He travels around and speaks about parenting. Mm. And Shepherding a Child's Heart is uh, probably, uh, in terms of how to discipline, he's got it, he's got it very laid out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's methods in there that you might not agree with, but to listen to his argument, at least, and see why he says what he ha- says mm-hmm. is very valuable. And uh, all his other stuff too, uh, regarding how to parent your children according to the gospel is very good. Yeah. Very good, yeah. And his, his brother as well, Paul Tripp. Oh, that's his brother. Yes. Okay, not his yes. son. Yes, okay. and we were at a conference just recently uh, with Paul Tripp, and um, another example is he said, when's the last time someone got in your face and you could feel their hot breath on your face and they were yelling at you and, and belittling you that you turned around and said, Thank you for that correction. (laughs) Right? Never. Exactly. And he's like, then why do we do it with our kids? Yeah. So just remembering those kind of, it's like both of those guys have great parenting books. Carla, let's go back a little bit to the consistency. Mm. I know that people listening are going to go, oh, but I'm divorced from my husband or my grandparents are raising the kids most of the time because I'm working out of town or whatever. How How do we respond to people who can't have that full consistency in their life because they're working with someone who isn't in their home. You know what? I'm not going to lie. That's that's a challenge for sure, um, especially if uh, you and your ex-spouse are not um, in good terms. Mm-hmm. It's very possible that your children are going to go to the other house and get you know, the macaroni and Coca-Cola and mm-hmm. Lego and puppies and whatever. Yeah. And and that's going to bust all of your boundaries that you have set for your kids because you feel that that's not yeah. necessarily the best for them. But I just, I still say your consistency, they, your kids, if you are consistently raising these kids, they are going to know that you love them and you're yeah. doing it for their best, especially if you're taking that time to talk it out with them when you're in those discipline moments. Um, stay the course, it will pay off because kids are amazing. They know, they know from one house to the other, which rules are for which household. Um, It's amazing. Kids are not slow. They know. And I would say to grandparents who are listening, if you are (laughs) tromping all over your kids' rules for their kids, please stop. 
It is mm. re- grandparents yeah. will extend bedtimes and give them the food that they shouldn't give and allow them all kinds of things that their own, like the grandchildren's parents don't allow. That's really hard for the parents then to have to go and fix that mess when they Mm -hmm. go home. Mm -hmm. So if you can try to work with your own adult kids and have sort of some consistency, that would really help your adult kids. And you'll probably have your grandkids more often. Yes. Mm. (laughs) Okay. That was a little aside there. Yeah. Another thing with with parenting that I think in today's day and age, um, and I mean, it's probably been like this. Well, it has been like this for a long time, but is to actually... Uh, make make time for your kids. Mm, yeah. Like spend time with them. Mm-hmm. So you go back to the old country, right? Kids would grow up and they would always be with mom and dad. They're they're learning how to farm. They're learning how to do whatever dad does, or they're at home learning how to do whatever mom does. But nowadays, when both parents are out working, uh, lots of times we can get so busy with our jobs or our hobbies and our activities mm-hmm. that we send our kids to school and they're they're being basically raised by teachers yeah. or mm-hmm. um, peers or by their iPhone or their iPad or Netflix or Spotify, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever they're spending all their time on. That's what's influencing them and that's yeah. what's raising them. And so we need to be making sure that we spend a lot of time, not just you know, a little bit of quality time, but actually big amounts of time with our kids and making and inviting them into the times when you worship, inviting them into the times when you uh, are just hanging out with friends or doing your hobby or whatever it is. And I would say, especially if you have a child you're not getting along with or a child that's behaving badly, whatever age, I would say then especially make time to do fun things with that kid. Mm -hmm. So my brother in his very worst years, he was... um, a bit of a mess growing up. My dad always took him out for breakfast every Saturday in his teenage years, just trying to lightly connect, keep that bridge open because there were so many difficult things in the week that he knew that he could look forward to a breakfast with his dad where they wouldn't have any discipline conversations, just simply light conversations. And there are a lot of those kinds of moments in our house because of all the difficulty. So I'd really encourage you to work on those relationships with your kids, even if you don't exactly like their choices. Mm-hmm. That's probably heading into the next question. Actually, I think I was going ahead of you, actually. Uh, no, it's a good segue. Okay. Um, the last question here. Is it our responsibility to have specific goals for our children? Where do we draw the line with teenagers and s- separating our goals from theirs? Uh, instead of having them live out what we think is best or what we wish we could have done mm-hmm. versus them following their own giftings and passions and promptings. These are such good questions. I know. Yeah. Um, so this passage in Colossians 3 this word for provoke uh, can be translated embitter. Hmm. So we're not to embitter our children. And I think when we try to impose our expectations or our desires on our kids um, throughout their lives, but particularly when you're getting into the teen years and they're looking at going to college or, or maybe they don't really know what they want to do, but we're saying you got to go to college because that's what you do. Right. And we expect you to do this. And they go. And I mean, if you want to embitter your kids, Mm. I mean, try to force them to do something that really um, they aren't uh, designed to do. So I kind of did that when they were about grade 
two and three here at Northview. I loved choir growing up. I was in every possible choir that I could be in. And I thought, okay, Northview has a kid's choir. I'm going to get my kids in there. So I, they didn't want to, but I signed them up <laughs> and I took them every week. And every week there was tears and snot and dragging your feet and they hated it. And it was an awful experience. But I said, we got to hang it out for just for the fall. We got to do this thing. Mm-hmm. After we finished, I said, okay, this is obviously not your thing. So right. I got to give up my dream of Nikano Choir Kids, I got to give that up and just let you do what your thing is. That was a hard lesson and there's been repeated. I wanted them to be involved in camp and they didn't love camp and I wanted all kinds of other things. They chose like ballet and martial arts, which I had no knowledge of. What is that? Mm -hmm. And had to grow to love what they have loved. Mm -hmm. Now I do have a son that loves choir, but that was much later than grade three. Mm. So it's been a huge process of me letting go of what I had hoped of for them and what I enjoyed as a kid and a teenager and allowing me to learn who they are and what they enjoy. That's hard. That isn't actually very much fun. But it is fun over time as you get to see who they become. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's the thing. You've given them space to discover the giftings God has designed them with, right? It's when are we ever going to get it right? Like God had it all along. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my parents did that to me too. They made me take violin lessons and it wasn't my thing. And so I had to forgive them for that (laughs) because that was no fun. But I think all parents do that and we have Mm -hmm. to be careful not to impose that on our kids. We can even do that though with even with things that they like, right? Like they might like playing the sport you have them in. So say your son's in baseball and he really likes playing baseball, but you expect like you really want him to be able to get that scholarship so he that right. he can go to a university mm-hmm. and have that paid for. So you are you are pushing him to, I mean, work his tail off and yes. spend every waking moment in the batting cage yeah. or on the pitcher's mound or whatever it is. Yeah. And then even though he liked baseball, all of a sudden he starts to not like it because, well, I'm just you know, my interests are starting to change a bit maybe and yeah. or I, I didn't I don't like the pressure of what you're putting on me, but yeah. yeah. So it's, it's important to make sure that we are dealing with our kids on a level that is respecting their, Mm -hmm. their hearts. Like we have to remember that these aren't just, they aren't animals what we're raising that we can beat into submission to, Mm -hmm. or, or train them into submission um, just through our, through our sheer will. Mm -hmm. So but what, we have to remember that they are individuals created in God's image. So what are the goals we should have for our kids, the very minimum goals? Carla, I can see you. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> I trust me, OCD here, recovering control freak. I've had to deal <laughs> with this. And ultimately, my heart's desire is that my children grow up praising, loving, and serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. Like, whatever else is peripheral, yeah. right? We want them to have hearts for their God. Yeah, we want them to follow God's word and to obey his commandments as all through the Bible. Mm -hmm. And after that, if you love choir or band or baseball or hockey, Mm -hmm. awesome. Right. Mm -hmm. And if they end up working a retail job their whole life, praise God. Yeah. That's fine. If they're following God. Absolutely. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. how far should we push when it comes to things like church attendance and youth attendance and things like that? That's a huge question for people who are at Northview. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... Things in terms of their discipleship, um, the church does provide a lot of opportunities for discipleship. So one thing that I used as part of my uh, application point over in mission was uh, in children's ministry. When we send our kids home from children's ministry, they go home with a devotional pamphlet. Bookmark kind of thing. 
and we send them home with different things for Easter and all these things. So yeah. are you taking, so if you have kids at elementary school, are you sitting down with them and going through these with them? Or are they going, or even if like these, these things are made to be even like a personal devotional. So are mm-hmm. you encouraging them to do them even? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but even better, spend time with them doing those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as your kids get older and they get start getting into youth group, yeah, there's options. You have jump six, you have, and as they get older, vertical edge and uh, the high school group, NHS, well, whatever they have this acronym. North and they sometimes have home. They sometimes anyway. have homework there too. They'll come back yeah. with uh, this month we're reading whatever book. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I've really strongly encouraged our kids to do the homework that is set out by the high school group because they are wanting what's best for you, which is to know God's word and love God's word. Yeah. But I just have to say too, youth group is not for every kids personality that big group can send some Mm -hmm. kids into yeah you know a cocoon right so i a little chat goes a long way i think if you are in communication with your kids you know maybe your kid's not a chatter box but if you can just have those little chats along the way where you're checking in and they know you are there for them right Mm -hmm. um even our son he loves sunday school he Mm -hmm. loves it but there are some days he just simply doesn't want to leave us and so we're like no problem you can sit in the service with us bring your doodle book and you can doodle quietly and then it and honestly he picks up great things from the sermon but you know, my point is, we talk about it. Is there, is there some, you know, why don't you want to go today? I just want to be with you. And fine, right? Yep. That's, I think it's not one size fits all, but no. I do think showing, modeling and chatting through the fact that being in God's house, being with God's people is important. It's yeah. a priority. And yeah. it, and it, that's because the rest of the week you are out in the world and whether you know it or not, you're picking up worldview. I know. And you got to kind of slough it off yeah. with and God's people. Northview middle school or high school group doesn't work. Maybe your child has a friend at a different great youth group. Right. Might be a little bit different flavor, different size. You know, that was yeah. the best thing my parents allowed for me. I went to a very small church. We had three people my age. So mm. youth group wasn't an option. <laughs> and so my parents said, well, why don't you go with your friend to the First Baptist Youth Group downtown sure. Vancouver? And yeah. I grew and saw that God was present in more than the mm. Mennonite church. Imagine yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. So I would encourage it. For you sure. can't force it. Um, but... I would encourage it and I would say try it for a time and see if you'll like it after you've been for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And Mm -hmm. find out like our both our middle school and high school groups have it's not just big group every week. No, they have small groups involved. So Mm -hmm. uh, if they are intimidated by the big group or uncomfortable in that kind of setting, get a hold of the youth pastors, get a hold of Ron and get a hold of Dan. And then there's Anna Lee and uh, Luke and. There's there's all sorts of directors and assistants and helpers yeah. who would love to meet with your kid and talk with them about that. Yeah. And so maybe they would want to get at least involved in the small group, if the not co- the big the group. Core yeah. group yeah. The core group, where it's a much groups. smaller group. Absolutely. Yeah. They're great for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So there's a lot of options that Northview has here. And uh, yeah, we want your kids to grow. Totally. Is there anything else we want to say? Anything else on your mind before we close this podcast? Nope, they're looking at me blankly. Paul? Oh. <laughs> uh, anything? Well, you know, re- regarding parenting, um, I mean, you can talk for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things. Um, but it would be, 
I guess the the big takeaway would just be to um, love your kids. Um, don't and like this passage in Colossians says, don't provoke them. Don't mm-hmm. don't uh, embitter them towards yourself or towards the church. Mm-hmm. But but shepherd their hearts. Mm-hmm. Talk to them uh, according to the gospel. Show model repentance. Model believing and faith. And uh, try to live humbly before your children. I was just going to throw in one last little thought from me and then I'll, yeah. I'll be done. But um, I think it does take a village to raise a child and buddy up, yeah. find parents yeah. who are like-minded and help each other, encourage yeah. each other. I personally always look for somebody whose kids are just a little bit older than yes, mine. Yes, true. And it could, because they have been there, done that. And I just find it so encouraging. Oh, you mean my child's not crazy or <laughs> or I'm not crazy? Or yeah. So I just want to encourage whether that's through community group, mm-hmm. whether that's through, you know, Bible studies, single parents too, buddy up with with other church members. Like yeah. it's it'll be or Christians from another church that live in your area. Absolutely. We had a parents prayer group for years that met at my house or a neighbor's house. Oh, it was so great so to cool. pray for our kids and their teachers and the families and to support each other that way. Mm-hmm. And I know today we didn't address all of the different scenarios that are possible out there, but if you want to come and talk to Paul and I or Vic, he's a grandparent and so he has that level of um, experience. We yeah, would he's very old. I know. That's good. <laughs> <Poor Vic. laughs> We would love to talk with you about your particular circumstances. You can email us at care at northview.org, or if you know us specifically, you can email us specifically. Paul, would you mind praying for our listeners before we sign off? Sure. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for our congregation, our church, Lord, the, uh, and everyone who is a parent or has parents, in other words, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord, so we pray for our relationships uh, as parents to our children, we pray that you would soften our hearts towards our kids, that uh, if we're prone to anger, Lord, that you would lead us to repent, lead us to love our kids well and to discipline them uh, fairly and to discipline them in a way that leads them to love you and to love others well. Yeah. So, Lord, pray that you heal our uh, relationships with each other and mm-hmm. with our kids. And uh, I pray that you would allow us to have peaceful households. Yeah. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. 